Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so honored and so excited to have Kristen Holmes with us today from the East Coast. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Steph. I want to start by just reading a small little blurb of the bio that I found online, because as I mentioned to you before we jumped on here, it's impossible to find anything on the internet that is not exceptionally glowing and just so wonderful about you. Not that I was looking for anything not wonderful, but I didn't realize like the number of lives you've impacted in such a huge, enormous way. And so I think it just needs to be shared that you are a three-time All-American, two-time Big Ten Athlete of the Year at the University of Iowa in field hockey and basketball. You were a seven-year member of the U.S. National Field Hockey Team and one of the most successful coaches in Ivy League history, having won 12 league titles in 13 seasons and a national championship at Princeton. And I think all of Princeton basically follows you in adoration. And that's incredible because you actually left that career to join WHOOP in an incredible capacity that you are in now. And... I don't even know where to begin with you. How do we start this, Kristen? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it was not easy to leave Princeton as, you know, just a magical place in like every way. And I had, you know, so I have so many phenomenal memories. So it was it was not easy to to leave such a safe, secure environment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was really drawn to just this concept of of building, you know, technology that can that can foster human performance and build somatic awareness. You know, I think one of the core, you know, aspects of, to WHOOP is, is just this, you know, understanding the, the autonomic nervous system. And, you know, I think that the degree that we can kind of understand the, the ANS, that leads us to being more in tune with our body, which helps build somatic awareness. And, you know, I think technology, you know, folks kind of feel that it's, it's not human, it's, it's far removed. I, I feel like it couldn't be further from the truth. And I just wanted to have the opportunity to have a little bit bigger of a, a microphone to be able to kind of evangelize this concept of really understanding the, how the body's actually working and, and how you can kind of leverage the signals that are being sent to you and, and apply those to your daily life and move behavior and build habits that you know ultimately lead to kind of a happier, healthier existence. So that was kind of like my draw to, to whoop. Right. And I mean, you were obviously a very phenomenal athlete yourself. You went on to coach athletes and now you're in, dare I say, the business of supporting athletes uncover their truest and highest potential. But that is more recent. And I think it could be even more interesting to start back at the early days of how this all began for you. And you mentioned an upbringing that involved several different cities. And and what was that like, both for you as a person, but for you as an athlete? Did that come into play at all? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely moved around a ton growing up, you know, lived overseas. And yeah, that definitely, you know, greatly influenced, I think, kind of who I am, I am today. And, you know, I had, you know, I think back to my childhood, you know, I had very, very little supervision. <laughs> so um, I was really left to my own devices from probably the age of four on, you know, in, in kind of new locations at different times. So I kind of had to really figure things out for myself. And, and sports definitely became kind of an outlet, you know, where I didn't feel, you know, I had that team as much at, at home. I kind of really, I, I you know, 
craved, I guess, a, a team in some way. And, and that's what really drew me to kind of team sports. And, you know, it was just an amazing outlet for me to feel safe and, and feel like I had a place to, to go and, and a place I belong. So sports were really so foundational, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I just, I loved, you know, I played tons of basketball and field hockey and, you know, in the, in the spring I, I ran, ran track and played tennis and, you know, I basically did like every sport I possibly could kind of growing up. And I, I think a lot of that was just trying to, you know, uh, find a, you know, find a home, I guess, and, you know, a place where I felt like I really belonged. Oh, bless. I, I was really curious about your relationship to coaching and were you drawn to coaching because of a coach that you had had? It's not common that we a hear about female coaches and certainly not yeah. female coaches at your level and sticking around for as long as you did. So what was the draw there? Yeah. I, you know, I, I always, I had just, just tons of phenomenal coaches growing up you know, I was so fortunate, you know, they were all so dedicated and passionate, you know, my high school coaches. And then, you know, I had phenomenal collegiate coaches, both in field hockey and basketball, just tremendous role models. And so I, and I think for me personally, like I always, I, I loved, I loved really like the, the technical aspects and the, and the tactical aspects of, of all the sports that I played. So I was always, I was very, very much a student and uh, of the game. So in addition to just practicing and becoming as, as good of a player as I, I could become. I also really enjoyed, you know, understanding the the tactics and, and why we would do certain things in certain situations. So I was like probably one of those really annoying players where I wanted to understand like every single nuance um, and, and would offer up my opinion. I'm probably more than my coaches would, would want to hear it. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would stay, you know, we'd be at a four nation tournament and I'd be in the stands like scouting Korea, you know, when I had to go play them the next day, you know, I, I was just like, really, really into it. And I, I would track all their ball patterns. And yeah, I, I just like, I, I love that. And, and then I think the second piece of that is I, I love to teach. I, I love transferring information and, and knowledge. And I think really what it comes down to is I'm, I'm happiest when I, I feel like I'm being useful. So, you know, if, if there's a, a way for me to be useful, uh, that really, that really drives me and it makes me happy. So I think that's what kind of drew me, ultimately drew me to coaching was, you know, just, I just felt like that's the place where I could be you know, most, most useful in applying, you know, my skills. Gosh, that is so, it's so incredible. It's so special. And I mean, I don't know if you have or haven't, but if you go and read what people have to say about you as a coach on the internet, I don't think you ever need a resume. I, I mean, you don't, but just it's phenomenal. And you obviously made, like I said, such a huge imprint on these people's lives, their families' lives. Incredible. I'm wondering how that transferred over to your role now and leading teams and, you know, being in, dare we say, like the corporate world that's not, yeah, it's not Princeton, it's not field hockey and hours are different and, you know, the age of, ages of people you're working with is different. How has that transferred for you? Well, I, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I, I felt comfortable going to Whoop was it felt like just a new team, you know, it's just, uh, right. um, you know, Will Amon, the CEO and, you know, the co-founders, John Capilupo, Aurelian Nicolai. I mean, they're all, the folks at Whoop are just phenomenal. They're incredibly, you know, smart and are great leaders and, you know, very open and transparent and care uh, about the folks they're working with. So I, you know, it was just a really neat environment where we all kind of had this share, have this shared passion for, you know, unlocking humor performance. I mean, that's ultimately what we're, what we're all trying to do is every single day trying to uncover, 
you know, the secrets our, our body is telling us. And, and I think we're all kind of driven. We, we love to get inside the data and, and understand what it's saying, what it means, and look at all the metadata and, you know, what does that say and mean? So I think we all kind of have this shared passion for, for understanding human performance. So I was definitely drawn to that environment and, and felt really comfortable there and kind of felt like it was a new team. And then I, and I guess from a, the standpoint of kind of getting away from the on-field stuff, I had done at Princeton, I had worked, you know, I worked with men's volleyball team. I worked a little bit with the football guys, some of the wrestlers. So I was definitely already doing kind of some consulting type of work with athletes outside of field hockey. And I, and I kind of saw Whoop as an opportunity to just broaden my perspective, get inside other high performing environments um, on the professional side. Also, you know, look at tactical environments, um, surgical teams, you know, I work with kind of medical vertical and the tactical vertical and the, and the sports vertical. So I, I just felt like I had this opportunity to really have access in kind of a way that I, I wouldn't have otherwise to all these different environments that were really striving to optimize potential. And, you know, what do they do from a nutritional standpoint? What are they doing from a training perspective? You know, what, you know, how are they applying technology and integrating technology in their environment? You know, external load, internal load, you know, how do they think about, you know, how, how we perceive load, you know, what's that subjective element look like? So I, I was just kind of, you know, the fact that I would have access to, you know, these different teams and then, you know, and then, then also the athletes, you know, who are really at the tip of the spear across these verticals and, and people who across these verticals, I was really energized by I, really what I could learn from all these folks. So, yeah, so that was really, I, I guess, the foundation of why I, I kind of decided to move. And, and it, you know, and, and it's all turned out in, in such a wonderful way. You know, everything, it's more than I could have ever imagined in terms of just what I've learned over the last four years. Gosh, have you been with Whoop for four years? Yeah, well, this yeah, this this uh, June will be four years, so I'm, wow. I'm getting close. Wow! Yeah, I know it goes by. It goes by so so quickly, so fast. So I'm going to include a few links below to my favorite Whoop podcasts because I feel like I've learned so much from oh, um, listening you. to you. However, while I have you here, can you share with us a little bit, or the Kristen Cole's notes around? you know, maybe it's like the top three things that we should be mindful of, aware of, paying attention to that feel like, what are the most rudimentary changes, I guess I'm trying to ask, that you see across the board? So in the, in the population of the, the WHOOP population? I mean, or, I feel like your world is WHOOP and that's yeah, yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah. Or just me personally. Okay. Well, um, or you personally, because that's a, a set of numbers that's very large as well. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's been really interesting over these three and a half years is a lot of what I kind of suspected was really important relative to performance, you know, turned out to be, in fact, really important to performance. And I think, you know, one of those things and, and stuff, you know, people literally, I'm, I'm sure just like, it's so sick of, of me saying this, but you know, just how important sleep is mm. and, you know, how much we don't, you know, without and obviously I'm bullish on, on quantifying stuff, but I just feel like, you know, having an understanding of your, of your sleep and your sleep architecture and, and getting granular on that is, is, is just so important, right? Cause it's, you know, it's the, the root cause to, to all things that could go wrong, you know, insufficient lack of quality sleep is, is kind of at the root of that. So I think foundationally just getting that right is, is so important. And I've just seen when folks get it right, it just transforms their life. 
all of a sudden, you know, they have more clarity um, with their relationships. They have the capacity to be present. They take the time to, to think a little bit more critically about their values and, and making sure that there's some alignment between how they're behaving and, and what they say they care about. You know, there's, we prioritize tasks a little bit different. Like there's just, you know, that how, how they think about nutrition changes a little bit. You know, once hormones start to you know, leptin and ghrelin, you know, makes you feel hungry and what makes you feel satiated. Like all of a sudden that starts firing all cylinders and start making better choices. You know, sleep, when, when you get it right, it, it just will impact every single aspect of your, of your life. And I always say that if you can get that right, pretty much things just kind of correct themselves um, right. in, in your life. And, and I, and I really, really believe that. And so I guess, uh, you know, at Whoop, I just, I just see this play out so often. And I think that's why I can speak so confidently and passionately about the importance of sleep is because is I see it every single day and in, in, in the athletes and the, and the clients who, you know, who we have the opportunity to, to work with, especially the tactical athletes as well. You know, they have all sorts of, you know, varied schedules and, and stressors that we can't even comprehend. And, you know, to see those, and I, I just say guys, because, you know, working uh, primarily with special operations and, and their men, but, you know, to kind of see how their, their lives have, have transformed, you know, once they start to stabilize their, their sleep and think about that more intentionally, it's, it's amazing how transformative it is. Right. So I think sleep is really one of the things that I've, you know, it's been a phenomenal to watch. And then I think the second piece is probably a reduction in, in alcohol consumption. Once you start to, to kind of recognize how that impacts your, your system and how that influences, you know, your capacity to, you know, be available the next day, you, you just start cutting back naturally. And, mm. and we, we, we see that in the data. So that's, I think, been, been really cool to see. So sleep and alcohol are, you know, things that I kind of came in knowing that they were really influential, but then seeing it play out in the data has been, for me personally, extremely transformative. And then and um, obviously just seeing that play out with, with folks on the platform has been transformable. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Now, we were chatting just before we jumped on here about children. You happen to have two wonderful children. They're 11 and 13, and they hear mom talk about these things <laughs> all the time. And you did mention that WHOOP is set up for post-puberty, so pre-puberty, not in a WHOOP discussion, yet as a mom who's obsessed with these things, how has that translated and trickled down to your kids and to their relationship with their sleep and electronics or nutrition or any of those things. Yeah, we, we definitely think, you know, about sleep-wake timing. Um, so they're on a very, very regular schedule. Um, my son does play ice hockey. So any folks out there who have kids who play ice hockey can relate to, you know, some little crazy ice times. But, right. you know, for the most part, they understand how critical it is to go to bed and wake up at the same time. They know that's going to regulate, you know, their, their hormones, their brain, their gut. So they, they really do. They, I think they, they comprehend that. Um, they understand about the, the quality of their sleep, you know, so they, they like the, the cold, dark room. They, my daughter wears an eye mask. My, my son doesn't, but, but they really, they're, they're all about their, their sleep. And, you know, my son will take naps on the days that he has lighter ice hockey. So he wow. can, um, yeah, just to try to kind of stay ahead of, of the sleep debt. You know, when you accumulate sleep debt, you just become more vulnerable to illness and, and injury. So they kind of understand that because they've seen the data. <laughs> so they, they understand the correlation between insufficient sleep and, and injury and illness. So uh, yeah, so we, we do everything we can to try to make sleeping as wonderful experience as, as we can for, for the kids. <laughs> sleeping is a thing. Sleeping is it, so important. It is. Oh. Um, okay. I want to know how, I mean, I hear you and I heard you loud and clear at the noonness retreat where you spoke 
so matter-of-factly that sleep is just not up for discussion. And yet you live this crazy, awesome, busy, full life. You were on airplanes when I was, you know, when we were chatting pre and post and you're yeah. going home to two kids and you must hear like, but I'm busy and, uh, 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 and all the excuses. And I just am curious in your own personal life, if you'd be up for sharing, like, how do you, how do you keep it of such a huge priority and what do you do when it goes awry? Yeah. Well, you know, I, th I think what, so my mom passed away when I was quite young and, and then 10 years later, my, my grandma got really sick. So her, her mom, and I was kind of faced with being a caregiver. And mm -hmm. I had literally, when my grandma went into hospice, I had just given birth to my daughter. So I had wow. a kind of a six day old and, uh, <laughs> and an 18 month old. And, you know, of course I was head coach of a team. I owned a, a business. So, I, you know, I was just pretty busy, but I was living in New Jersey at the time. So I was having to travel from New Jersey to my grandmother was in Boston. So I was traveling back and forth when she went to hospice, you know, she had about, you know, six, seven weeks to live. So I was, I was kind of traveling back and forth and she had moved out of her home. So I was having to organize the house and, and I was executive of her will. So there's just so many things, so many logistics in, involved, not to mention just dealing with the fact that, you know, the last of my mom, my grandma, you know, yeah. was, uh, you know, so there's just a lot going on. And I was in Nor Norwell, Massachusetts, and, and I, I fell asleep at the wheel. Wow. And, uh, you know, I had my babies in the back. And fortunately, <laughs> you know, I, I woke up before kind of creating into, you know, a bunch of pine trees. I was able to stop. But I think that was the moment where I was like, holy cow, I, I, need, to, I need to figure this out. <laughs> um, right. I've actually never told that story before. But, you know, I, I think that for me, you know, unfortunately, it took a moment like that to, to be like, I, I have to figure out how to I never want to ask for help and because I'm really bad at asking for, for help just generally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I forgot I need some resources to kind of help me, help me through this. And, and at that point I was like, I, I have to get sleep. You know, I was, you know, I, I was nursing. So I was really, you know, conscientious of, of not having caffeine and, you know, stimulants to kind of keep me awake. So I was kind of battling all this and, and being in hotels, you know, trying to deal with all this. So anyway, it was, it was not an ideal moment, but I, but I think it really forced me to take, you know, my, my sleep seriously and figure out how to rest. So yeah, I, I guess I know people have a lot going on and I can relate to that, but there's, there's nothing more important in your life to prioritize than getting sufficient sleep. It's just, wow. it's a reality. And you just, you have to be so selfish and, and, and disciplined and, mm. you know, talk to your employers. I had preseason like in five weeks. So I, I really didn't have you know, I, I regret, I didn't take a maternity leave. Like, you know, I did, these are right. things that I, I wish I did differently. You know, right. I had a 250 person camp that was, you know, oh, that gosh. I was running like during all this, like, you know, like just things I just didn't, I was just like, all right, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. And, and, and I, and I did, but at what expense, you right. know? So I think if I were to kind of go back in, in time, I mean, that moment as scary as it was, you know, was really the forcing function I needed to, to make changes in my life. And, you know, I would say that, you know, from that moment on, I, I just, I got really selfish about taking care of myself and, and, and my, my, obviously my, the sleep was, was the number one thing that I started to, to double down on. And, and sure enough, you know, my life got better really pretty, pretty quickly in, in every, in every, in every facet. So. Gosh, woman, you're so inspiring. That's incredible. Oh, that is so incredible. And it's sad that it takes something so crazy for us to wake up 
but yet it's a beautiful thing if we make it through those wake up calls alive and it's almost like you're given a chance to do it right. And yeah. that's what you had totally. was the chance to do it as you know, right as you can. I am really curious, one last question around what do you think the future, and not even the future, like what's top of mind for you in 2020 in regards to WHOOP and in regards to you know, unlocking our human performance as you've so eloquently put it, what's right there? Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I think just this concept of recovery, okay. and I, I think, you know, we were aware of it, but, you know, I did a couple interviews yesterday with some magazines and, you know, people don't understand what recovery is really. So, you know, mainstream folks who might not be in athletic, I think, you know, being able to kind of pull this really important perspective on, on managing life load, mm. I, I guess is, is for me, I think one of the, the, the biggest contributions, you know, whoop, whoop can make to, you know, to, to folks out there is, is you know, just the sense of balance and proportion mm. uh, to, to our everyday, you know, we need to, to really schedule our, our rest, we need to prioritize our, our sleep, and that's going to give us the ability to kind of take on, you know, life in, in a way that I think we can be really proud of. Mm. So I think just really being very proactive about managing that and, and just recognizing that, you know, yeah, you, you, you might have a spouse or a partner and, and, and children, but, you know, there's nothing more important than your own mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't take care of that first, like you can't possibly be there for, for the, the people that you love and in the, in the way that I think is, you know, in, that can really be the most meaningful and, and impactful way. So I, I think from my perspective, I, I think this kind recovery is the biggest contribution that we can make at WHOOP in 2020. Got it. Every athlete that's listening to this needs to know, and every non-athlete who might not identify as an athlete in the least needs to know (laughs) that recovery is the most important thing. Kristen, this is it. We need to wrap, and our final question is always the same, and that is, what is currently making your heart beat faster? I almost feel like I should ask you what's making your heart slow down, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's, that's not what I want to know. I want to know what you're excited about. I am super excited about, so, so I work with SEAL Future Foundation, and, and, and it's basically a, it's a foundation that was established to help Navy SEALs transition from active, active duty to kind of civilian life. Mm. It's a really, really bumpy, bumpy process when you go from basically a, a state where you're, it's just absolute hypervigilance all the time, right? You're basically sympathetic, 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 and then going into a world where, you know, that doesn't necessarily work, right? Mm. So we do, a, you know, we have within Seal Future Foundation, we have about, gosh, at this point, almost 200 men on, on the platform. So we're, you know, kind of collecting a lot of data, they're learning about their body. And, you know, one of the kind of things I'm most excited about 2020 is this opportunity to do some research with this with this group. One of the the treatments that we've seen be actually super, super effective is ketamine and uh, psilocybin. And, you know, this isn't obviously super mainstream, but I think as it, just what we've seen anecdotally in the data has, has a powerful impact on helping facilitate this parasympathetic activation. So I'm really excited about being able to dig deeper in 2020 on just this topic, just generally. And, and hopefully my ultimate dream is to link up with John Hopkins. They just established a new institute for kind of psilocybin research. So 
I'm, I'm hoping we can link up and do something really meaningful uh, in the coming years. But I guess that's what I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Wow. So hardly basic and <laughs> impacting lives in an enormous way because it's the limbo of so many people and you're going after one group in particular. And I feel like once you uncover this, it will release information to so many other groups of people in similar situations that need to know about this. Times of transition, it's real. Yeah, for everyone, for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, I think I just the kind of concept of, you know, ego dissolution, (laughs) you know, I I think we're all trying to have less ego and, you know, to be able to access that, I I think is a, is a really powerful moment for for folks, you know. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've taken up too much of your time. I'm so grateful for your wisdom. I'm really grateful you've dedicated this moment in time of your life to this work because it couldn't be more important. And I just, I relate, I hear you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steph.